calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is the IGN UK podcast. I'm Alex, and I'm joined by Luke Caramali. Hello. And Tilly Tots. Hello, pod people. I haven't done a podcast with you two for ages. No. no. Have you done one recently? You haven't done one for I ages. I haven't. I haven't done one for about eight well, weeks. that's because you haven't been in the office. That's true. I've been on holiday. Yeah. yeah. And you're going on a holiday, like, next week as well. Yeah, I am, actually. How the other half of... Where have you been? Knee deep in work. Oh. I've just been doing that's stuff. That's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's been good work. Yeah. Well, seeing quite films. Quite a lot has happened yeah. in the last week mm. or so in the entertainment sphere. Yeah, it's been it's been a nutty week. For lo- lots of film announcements. Anything? What was your highlight? Highlight of the week. You know what? It was none of the big things. It was oh. doing an interview with the two guys from 2001. I'd oh, never so seen, that was a highlight. I'd never I seen... Can, it was really special. That's right, you've never seen the film. I'd right. never seen 2001, so I watched that for the first time last week yeah. and had my mind blown. It okay. was, I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting. Yeah. But that's because I tried to watch it when I was a kid and found it boring. Yeah. Yep. And then I got to meet the two actors, and although one of them was a bit grumpy and they were really old, it just felt like a little piece of film history. Yeah, you know, yeah, Going down and yeah. talking to these guys about working with Stanley Kubrick. Um, it was just a really lovely thing to do, you know? Yeah. And I guess Sweet. kind of seeing it in the cinema as well because I've never seen it in the cinema I've, yeah. I've got it on Blu-ray yeah um, I see I don't rate it as much as a lot of people rate yeah. it like Stuart used to say it's the best thing that's ever been made uh, on film Stu Reed that is Stu yeah. Reed yes uh, who actually went to re- watch it I saw uh, at the weekend yeah yeah yeah, yeah. At, at the BFI um, but it is you know like it's influence is incredible yeah especially seeing it so soon after Interstellar yeah it was, it's, there were scenes that were really reminiscent you really because yeah, I've still see, not seen Interstellar no, yeah, there, there, was, there, were, there were little little moments but yeah and it's re-released in um, in cinemas this week by the BFI so if people want to go and check it out on the big screen it's worth yeah. doing yeah 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 how about you Alex what's your uh, highlight of the week been well it's I wouldn't again same, similar to you it's not necessarily the highlight but the build up to the Star Wars trailer was pretty insane yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know if I stand alone, but I thought it was okay. Mm. I quite liked um, it. Like my brother and I grew up on Star Wars. We always competed, like who would have the best Star Wars toys. And yeah. so he emailed me like minutes after saying it's the greatest thing he's ever seen. And I was like, well, if it wasn't Star Wars, you probably wouldn't give it a second look. Yeah. And I, of course it is Star Wars, but it's, there's nothing I've found that amazing about the trailer. Yeah, the, the shot with the Millennium Falcon is cool, but it's just like... 
let's see the film. Yeah. yeah. Because also, uh, and I've spoken a lot about on this podcast, I've not been particularly convinced about J.J. Abrams in the Star Trek movies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't particularly rate either of those that mm. much. I'm relieved that it's Andy Serkis's voice, not Benedict Cumberbatch's. Why? I did not really rate Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. Yeah, but I don't think that's his fault. Mm, I know, but I would rather not have him. He's got as a nice villain. voice. I kind of think I kind of think he's a bit overexposed at the moment. He's in a lot of. He's been in a lot of stuff. But we. What is? Well, Circus I thought they might. I thought play. they might have used his voice though, because yeah, exactly, that's what yeah. they did with Darth I, Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we still don't know who Circus is playing. He said it's his voice, but he won't. Right. He hasn't said who's he, who he's playing. I guess you kind of think he'll play a CG character, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? What did you think of it, Luke? I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought I liked that they didn't use Mark Hamill or any of that. You know, they focused on the new talent, so Oscar Isaac's and uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Thought that was great. Um, I liked it. I, as you say, if it wasn't Star Wars, you wouldn't give it a second look. But the mere fact they can get away with that is because it's Star Wars. It's like here are the X wings, here are the type of, of course, it's a but and, right? and that, but that's you know that felt a bit lazy, yeah. to me. Was it, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but someone made the point. Interesting, there was no space in it. It's all on planets. Mm. Just, just mm. you know, it's something Apart that from I, the logo. yeah, just something that I mm. hadn't really picked up on. But someone said to me, I think maybe my family last night, that like, yeah, no space, just all planet based. Yeah, I was a bit underwhelmed to yeah. be honest. I mean, all I've done is the rewind theatre where we talk about yeah. bits out, but I didn't really talk about my opinion of it. And I just, as as teasers go, I didn't think it was a really good teaser. Yeah, I think it was a bit all over the place and I think you can really cleverly build atmosphere in a teaser and just hint at things and uh, it just didn't do a lot for me. It was mm. it's nothing to dislike about it and it was no. so exciting to have it. Of course. But it makes it feel more real. Event, but right? then again, it would never, ever, ever live up to expectations, surely. No. I don't because know. You can give. I feel like you can give a teaser a little bit of a story, yeah. like a beginning, a middle, and an end, with, a, with ending on something. I guess it did end on the Millennium Falcon, but almost show less, but mm. give people yeah. more. Yeah. But um, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, obviously, it would have been a, that much more exciting to see the characters that we we yeah. know and love. But they, they've it? saved that for another time. Because that's the thing. Like you'll what? see, you'll see like Harrison Ford and go, "Oh my god, <laughs> what happened to you?" <laughs> nah, Ford looks fine. Ford looks Does fine. He? Yeah, he looks fine. Mm. Uh, and Mark Hamill, he obviously is looking a bit like Ben Kenobi now. That's the look they've yeah. gone for with the beard and that. So we kind of know, and we don't really know what Carrie Fisher's going to look like. But I think the two guys are going to look probably not as good as she did in that gold bikini, right? That bikini. <laughs> um, it, well, it would be cruel if they put her in that bikini. Yeah, just to be honest, point. I've um, seen websites that have done worse. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sold on the lightsaber either. I thought at first I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, but it's such an iconic thing. You don't need to mess with that. No, I quite liked it. Not so much for the little crossbars or whatever they're called, but the fact that it looked a little bit unruly and not kind of... So the, the theory that, pe- that I've heard batted mm. about is that, you know, it's the fall of the Empire. No one knows where the crystals are and all yeah. of this. And so they happen to make do with synthetic crystals that are weaker and therefore mm. the, the beam's more erratic. So like meth or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Like it's Breaking not kind Bad. Of, it's not yeah. the pure stuff. Yeah. I will say it was very stressful for us. I didn't like the messy way in which it was released. Yeah. It was, it was a bit all of a over the place. Yeah. I mean, what I don't know what they were trying to achieve i'd be pretty peeved if i was someone who bought a ticket to one of the cinemas in america agree. and then i could have watched it eight times at home and in yeah. a row rather than yeah. you know queue up or whatever I mean, we were and, chasing our tails and we? yeah we, we, we one minute it's on itunes and then it's on some youtube channels of some other websites and then we get sent an official star wars link and then we get sent the download all in the space of like half an hour yeah. 
and it was a bit frustrating yeah. really when you're trying to cover something like that yeah. just to, we were it's, stressing that is out. first world problems though isn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> poor us <laughs> yeah. having to cover Star Wars but it just it's, it seems strange in this day and age though that it, yeah. it, it didn't seem like it was as as, co- as coordinated as it could have been yeah. for something of that kind of scale yeah but we always said that we said you know the fact that they were going to debut in cinemas is that it's old fashioned now and you know that somebody somewhere is going to have a dodgy copy of it mm. and why yeah. would you screw it up like that it was just just since the Jurassic Park one seemed to go so smoothly you know we we Mm. got a bit of a heads up and we knew when it was dropping we we had all the prep in place and everyone could kind of see at the same time in the same way Mm. in good quality whereas this one it was a bit I don't know yeah because also it it came a bit earlier than we thought it was going to come didn't it it's like I I think we were like expecting it quarter past three and we got it I don't know four minutes past or something it was all a bit strange but anyway but you also saw The Hobbit I did so I've seen the final Hobbit movie. I'm so jealous. <laughs> 50 like, hours really worth of cinema yeah. or whatever ridiculous <laughs> comes to an end. A yeah. fitting end? A fitting end. A, a nice end. Or a Maybe my least favourite of <laughs> the Tolkien adaptations, which mm. isn't hugely critical because I've liked all of them. Rank but them. I feel like I've loved the original three and yep. I've liked this three. And this one doesn't change that in any way, shape or form. Like, right. it's... I don't know. There is some lovely moments at the end. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's the. It's the shortest of the six films, which is interesting. Okay. How long is it? It's long. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about. It's about Sorry, two I'm and a half hours. I'm spitting this podcast. Sorry. Chris. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but it, I felt it was a bit unbalanced. I feel like for me, by far the best scene was the opening scene, mm. which is really the end of the last film. Yeah. You know, it ended on that oh, yeah. cliffhanger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that scene goes on for like another twenty minutes, and it's brilliant. But you're like. This should be at the end of a movie, not yeah. at the start well, of the movie. Why didn't you finish the last film? Yeah, completely. And because it's lost the momentum, maybe it doesn't have the impact it should. And then I don't think the film ever really recovers. So you've then got like 40 minutes of bits of business and tying up loose ends. And then you've got a battle uh-huh. yeah. that goes on for what feels like forever. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I just feel like I've seen these battles in this universe yeah. Yeah. before. You know, I feel like the two towers and Return of the King, we yeah. got these sequences. And that's the thing I was looking forward to The Hobbit when it was originally announced is a change of pace, something that was completely different from the yeah. kind of epic um, multi kind of army battles from then. It was all about, you know, uh, Bilbo yeah. and the dwarves and the dragon. Yeah. And it became this other monstrosity. And it was just yeah. like, mm. and that's why I love The Hobbit as a book. Is you've that, got dwarves you know, and elves. Self-contained. Yeah, you've got dwarves and elves fighting orcs again, fighting orcs again and fighting yeah. trolls. And it just... It's still spectacular, yeah. But I just, it just, it's it really fatigue, felt right? like there was fi- there was padding and filler, yeah. and but so that's my because pro- I love the original trilogy, mm. yeah. yeah um, and then I loved the first one. I can't even remember what was the, the first topic called. There and back again, was it? Uh, yeah, uh, unexpected journey. Unexpected journey. Uh, yeah, love that. Smaug, I was kind of like, oh, this is not quite what I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah, um, because the whole dragon thing was just like stretched out and pulled out, and it went on. And as you say, it ended on a bit of a disappointing climax yeah. yeah and it should have just finished there for me and now this one yeah you know i've invested so much time time and kind of energy into this franchise that i kind of feel a bit half-assed going to see the film which is not a good place to yeah. be and, and of course i will go and see it they've kind of shoehorned in um <coughs> you know links to the next trilogy as well which are yeah. slightly some there's a couple that are slightly painful some of them seem like they work and seem quite natural and organic yeah. but others feel like yeah, you, this is just so that you can say, look, we've, we talk, it's six you can You can watch it back it's, to back. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I, I was planning to watch uh, one and two, Hobbit one and two, before I went to see this to review it. Yeah. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. No. I've, I've watched them both twice before. Yeah. Mm. And 
I think I'm just done with them. I'm yeah. really done with them. In five years' time, ten years' time, I'll go back to the other trilogy, but probably yeah. not these ones. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All, all I did was watch the last 20 minutes of the last one so that I yeah. knew exactly where we were yeah. Yeah, with yeah, all yeah, the characters yeah. so I could kind of... Because I, I watched the other two, I think maybe a month ago, just because I couldn't really remember them. They, that's yeah. the thing. I can still remember scenes from The Lord of the Rings and yeah. stuff, and I'll still happily plug that in, but n- like The Hobbit nothing's really iconic yeah. other than the dwarf singing in the first and, one and it's not the re- and I will say it's just not the return of the king where that was a really celebratory finale yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was absolutely brilliant and it was it's, amazing it's not quite that I didn't, yeah I, didn't I remember feel. going to uh, an early morning screening for that um, when did that come out was that IGN 2003 yeah it was pre-IGN yeah and I was really hungover <laughs> um, and I think I was almost in tears it's just like yeah. oh my god yeah. but yeah incredible my, my, I'll just say my experience of that one was I went to see it during the day, quite a long time after it come out. So the cinema was pretty much empty. Yeah, I might have told this before. But maybe there was like seven or eight people in the cinema, and I went and sat right in the middle, 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 right. on no one around me in the rows behind or in front. And then a woman came and sat three seats from me with a baby and a toddler, uh. and she uh, breastfed for the first half hour. Oh and all I could hear was this. <laughs> Oh my it wasn't God. you, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the was toddler it, was, was that, just... What's that film? The toddler me, was myself just, and Irene. <laughs> it wasn't me. And the toddler was just on the floor, like playing on the floor with its oh, toys. man. And talking to her. And it was the most oh, insane thing. That would have done my what, nine. Yeah, and I because know. I'm so British, rather than complain, I just went and sat somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got to love the Brits. Anyway, let's crack on with this week's news. Yes. Okay, so... Um, Poor Ubisoft, not having a great time at the moment with everything that's going on. So fresh from you know the fact that uh, there was criticism about their new review policy for yep. Assassin's Creed Unity, you know they had an embargo and the crew, and the crew um, embargo twelve hour after the game released. Uh, so something else has hit them. Every year in November, we tend to see an Assassin's Creed. Now we've just had Unity and Rogue released. The next one's leaked. So normally. Like Ubisoft games, yeah, leak in March or April. Right. They've they've got they've excelled themselves they've decided, this time. They've decided let's give it a week after the game is released. So yes, this is called Assassin's Creed Victory. Yep, it is next gen only, so it is coming to a PS4, no Xbox surprise, One, and PC. Not really. Um, and it is set in 19th century Victorian England. No way. I know. Didn't right? see that coming. Right. <laughs> Exciting. So so there we go. And so Kotaku found this out. And then um, Ubisoft has pretty much said, "Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's legit." <laughs> yeah, there, there, um, there was some resignation in that in that statement that they released, wasn't there? Yeah, I just honestly, how the hell does this happen every single year with like, every single game in Ubisoft? The statement is just like, "It's always unfortunate when internal assets not intended for public consumption are leaked. We certainly welcome anticipation for all of our upcoming titles, but we're disappointed for fans, development teams, and that this conceptual asset's now public." <laughs> it's like, so because that's the thing. It's not just oh, mm. you know, there is a Victorian and England version it's of it, it's, it's there's a screenshot. Yeah. It's like oh my gosh, that, that is a how, big. How do you leak. feel about this? Obviously, we cover this stuff. It's our bread yeah. and butter, and it does yeah. huge traffic yeah. when people get a first glimpse at a game. But it's it's so harsh on the studio that's trying to get everything right before they you know and release yeah. it at, at the time that they see fit. But it's kind of part so, of what you 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 risk, I think, with an annualized franchise as well, right? Because it's this the thing. You get franchise fatigue much quicker, and yeah. it leaks a lot because they've apparently been working on this for about three years. Mm. Ubisoft Quebec, but, but it's now the, at the stage. But that's where, the same as any studio, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's because, like, it, but be, you know, I think it would be. It's really interesting because, in actual fact, this leaked last night, and I checked last night. You know, it didn't really do that well last night. People were just like, 
Yeah. And I really think you're getting hit by franchise fatigue now. So with to, to answer your question, yeah. I, I think... So a cynical side of me thinks, did it actually leak? Mm. Or it was because the reception to Unity has been so poor. It's like, mm. got to get faith back in the interest. Completely new location. Although they did that with like revolutionary France. Um, and I wonder if, if that was part of it. But but I, I agree. Is like in all honesty, I think they need to take a year off. But they probably can't afford to. It makes like whatever people say about it, it still makes them a ton of cash. Yeah. Same with Call of Duty. Like Unity outsold Black Flag in the UK. Yeah. Um, and Black Flag, as far as I'm concerned, is possibly one of the highlights. But that's but at the same time is you know people didn't realise the extent to which of it was broken the bugs. Yeah. Which you know admittedly can be fixed with patches. So, yeah. You know because I, I wonder obviously it's called Victory. I wondered if you will get on uh, Lord Nelson's yep. Victory. You would think, um, you would imagine. Considering it's been such a big part of mm. previous uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed. Although it's my least f- favourite part of the game. Is like, I, I like the fact that it's coming to London, Victorian London, but at the same time, I just Have want... Have you got a sense time. of pride? I do. It's quite cool when franchises come to your But because hometown. we're climbing up like St Paul's, yeah, yeah. for example. Well, there's one screenshot cool. with like Big Ben in the background, yeah. and, I, and I did feel a bit like... That's cool. But yeah. we've also got the Order 1886 yeah. next year, which is Victoria in England as well. And so I kind of feel like I've got my mm. Victorian England fix. I want to find the IGN offices. Yeah. Because I think they were probably around then. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So there you go. Um, the only other thing that he says is that apparently there won't be an equivalent of Rogue. And so like there won't be a... You've got to leave it behind at some point, right? Yes. And I think two years is probably fair enough. Enough. We have a Suicide Squad cast. So this is the supervillain movie uh, that Warner Brothers is making. Uh, David Ayer's directing, who directed um, Training Day and End of Watch and Fury was his movie this year. So he does testosterone. He does guy movies. And he's making a movie with a lot of guys and some ladies in it as well. Um, So we have... um, Will Smith is playing Deadshot, who's pretty much the leader of the Suicide Squad. Uh, Tom Hardy is Rick Flagg. Will Smith? I don't... mm. But anyway, I'll, I'll let you let's go get to the end. Yeah. All right, okay. uh, Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Jai Courtney as Boomerang, uh, Carla Delevingne as Enchantress, and Jared Leto as the Joker. Mm. We have a new Joker. Yeah. So I think that's. I think Jared Leto could do an awesome job of that. I do. Because I think he'll take it in a different direction. We've talked about him on the on the superhero show before, yeah. and my feeling about him is there's something kind of otherworldly about him yeah. mm. he takes it very he takes life very seriously I think he's quite gaunt as he'll well. take this seriously and I think he'll be a very interesting he'll, he'll do something different I don't think he would take it if he didn't think he could do something yeah. 180 degrees from what's gone before yeah so we'll talk about the other cast members my yeah. only concern with it would be is that I don't know how they're pitching this movie yeah because you know with someone like the Joker you want it to be quite extreme mm. yeah um, and obviously you know Dark Knight um, well I think it pushed the boundaries of the rating that it got um, and if he can take it to that same level, then great. I just hope they don't try and make, you know, kind of dumb it down and make it like a, a pleasant movie because yeah. Joker should be absolutely nuts. Yeah. And it's called The Suicide Squad. Yeah. I, basically, I, I, I hope it's not Expendables. I wonder if he'll be as, <laughs> na- <laughs> I wonder if he'll be as nasty as, as Heath Ledger's Joker, though. Yeah. Whereas this is going to be, feels like it's going to be more of an action movie mm. than like, a, I mean, Dark Knight was kind of like a psychological yeah, yeah, horror yeah. almost, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? You can see him being quite straight-laced with it, I think, almost. Like, you know, kind of playing against the fact that he's meant to be a Joker, but he's like quite, mm. you know, quite straight with it. Yeah, I don't really know what to expect. So, so You're not feeling Will Smith in a, well, another superhero movie? I'm just movie. not feeling Will Smith. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just a bit of a comedian. 
Like, I don't think I could take him seriously. He can act, though. I mean, yeah. Ali, he's really good in Ali. He's done some very what good dramatic yet? roles. I think yeah, I what was the one he's good, but... What was the film that where he was a kind of bloke on the street? Ah, uh, The kid? Pursuit of Happiness. That was supposed to be a great film. Mm. Charlotte right. balled a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know. I, he, need, he needs a hit, though, Will yeah, Smith after, does. After Earth and stuff. Like. Yeah. Trying to shoehorn his son into everything. So I find yeah. it weird that... Tom Hardy is coming back in a DC role but not as Bane yeah coming back yeah he is and it's at Warner Brothers as well who's also done Mad Max for so he's right. obviously tight with them now yeah, yeah and obviously it's great he's flavour of the month and I you know I think he's decent in pretty much everything he does yeah and this would be very different <coughs> to Bane I mean Bane you didn't even see his face really did you no, you couldn't no, hear no. what he was saying no. so <laughs> exactly <laughs> pretty much none of him was used what a lovely uh, lovely voice I, th- I think uh, Jim said on, on one of the videos we shot in the States uh, that if um, you, you kind of want a cigar chomping tough guy yeah. Yeah. like Tom Hardy could be the new Lee Marvin yeah mm. he could, be, yeah, he could yeah, do yeah. that kind of thing and I think we're thinking Dirty Dozen quite a lot with this as yeah. well I think yeah. this is like a superhero Dirty Dozen yeah um, Margot Robbie I think we all thought she was good in Wolf of Wall Street, yep. but none of us have seen her in much else, really. She's, no. got, she's got a lot coming up, but like... Harley Quinn's a big role as well, like, I mean... Yeah, but nobody's really kind of done it before. Like, True. it's obviously a big I, feature in all of the games, in the animated series, yeah. and then kind of penned into but the I comics. Think, yeah, I think they've kind of gone for the sexy angle, it sounds like. Like, she's quite... Yeah, but she is sexy. Yeah, she's also mental. But she's also mental, yeah. <laughs> she's Joker's girlfriend, <laughs> so, so yeah. I'm interested to see how that kind of relationship pans out, and I think the yeah. pair of them could do a really good job of it. Yeah. And whether or not any of these characters will pop up anywhere else as well in other. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then the ones I'm really not sure about. So Jai Courtney as Boomerang. What's he so done? Yeah, I am not a fan of this guy. So he um, was Bruce Willis's son, John McClane's son in, in The Last Die Hard. Right. Oh, okay. And he, 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 he's a bit of a Sam Worthington to me, mm. where he's kind of a tough, reasonably tough guy, just doesn't have that but much charisma. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't really get what he is. Kind of a himbo. Yeah, uh, you know, like a Mel Bim. I yeah. don't know. Uh, mate, he, he's in the new Terminator, so that'll be a big test for him. Yeah. Although, you know, as usual, did you see all the pictures of them shouting on the front yes, of that magazine? Yes. <laughs> he's one of them. Terrible uh, marketing shots. So really. we'll, we'll know a bit more of him by the time this this um, podcast drops because uh, the the trailer for Terminator is coming out as well yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. And then Cara Delevingne, who bold, obviously supermodel, very famous in the tabloids in England. Mm. Is she the lady with the eyebrows? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Uh, she's, a, she's apparently very good in Michael Winterbottom's film um, that, that ca- that's coming out next year. Uh, she's also in Pan. She, she seems to be getting a lot of roles, right. but you know, when it's a, a supermodel turned actor, you're just not, you're never really sure, no, aren't no, you? No, no, no. Yeah, she was kind of flavour of the month, wasn't she? So, and the other thing that I saw this morning is that they're rumouring that as Oprah as Waller, the kind of yeah. you know, yeah. the, the mastermind of it all. Yeah, which it's Fury kind of how yeah. it's bizarre. It's, it's Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, and Oprah Winfrey with her, her yeah. apparently the favourite. But you know what? That woman is a really good actress. Yeah. She's purple. really good. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's I mean, she was acting before she did talk shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's like it's, it seems laughable because of who she is. But actually, whenever she's acted in it, she, she's in The Butler as well, which yeah. got nominated yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago. It's not as funny as people think, I don't think. It's just right. because she's Oprah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like having Graham Norton on there or something <laughs> like that. Well, it's like John Barrowman when he turns up in Zero Dark Thirty and you're just like, <laughs> well, he's, what? Why he's all the way through. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's quite um, good in Arrow. He is good yeah, in Arrow. He is yeah. quite good in yeah. Arrow. Uh, but this is, all, yeah, this is all very interesting. So it means in 2016, we're going to have two supervillain movies. We've got Sinister Six yeah. and this coming out. So this is this has got some serious heavyweights, though, in terms of like cast... Like that first that first trailer is going to be pretty good, I think. When we yeah. see some of these guys, yeah, yeah. 
So I've got a question. Oh, no. Okay. Do you want to build a snowman? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? That's good. <laughs> I didn't like that song. Well, snow, snow it's pretty much the the Frozen soundtrack has been in my head for the last year. That's why I actually wanted you to do this exactly. story. Yes. <laughs> I remember when we went to a Disney Infinity event and they just we walked in and let it go as pain and your face just fell. Do you know what? It's because Alex loves Disney. I do love nothing, Disney. Nothing and Disney I do love dressing up as Elsa. <laughs> so yeah. I'm especially happy that uh, the actress that played her, Idina Menzel, is that how you pronounce Idina her? Menzel. Uh, let's ask John Travolta. <laughs> it's Idina Menzel. <laughs> I knew Luke would like that. Uh, so famously at the Oscars last yeah. year, oh. uh, John Travolta tried to say a name. What did he say? <laughs> the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. <laughs> like, oh, really? She was oh, like, yeah. It's like, because she was in Wicked, so she was Alphaba. She started yeah. the main run Wicked. So she's like, and now the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem. And like, just kind of, <laughs> just kind of like, but swallows but it a little it bit. Is it Adina Menzel? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Adina Menzel. How, you, how did he get that name so That long? is the question that we've asked. Okay. I'll send you a link. He, he got, kind of says right. he's a big fan as well, just yeah. before he says um, and he clearly no. never I'm heard a huge of fan of her work. Like she's really talented. It's very funny, and it made Luke hysterical when it happened. Yeah, and we want, and that's the we did a podcast me and Stu when I lost it. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I, never, I know. So I, I remember the podcast. I never actually saw it, so I didn't know what it was related to. Yeah, no, that's to. what it's related right. to. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> she has come out in interview with the Telegraph, in fact, saying that a sequel and the stage musical are going ahead. So it's no yeah. surprise, you know. Yeah, we, knew, we definitely knew gone. the stage musical yes. was happening, yeah. and the sequel it the just seemed like is a set up as a musical. It's, yeah. it's got Broadway written all over it more yeah, than I any think other Disney. There's Frozen film. on Ice, isn't there already? And there's, yeah. there's Once Upon a Time and stuff, isn't there? She's yeah. I don't actually know what Once Upon a Time is. <laughs> Do I? I've just I see the reviews going up on IGN, but I've never seen it. I don't know where it, it's a character. You would watch it, it. It's it's a it's a drama set in the fairy tale universe, right? But does it air over here? Is it one about crimes in that play in the fairy tale universe? I think there might be crimes going on, right? And there's like cops, but yeah, I don't really. I've never watched it. Sounds like Enchanted. I'm kind of on like a bit different. I don't know. Anyway, look, there's not a lot of other news apart from yes, the fact it's going to happen. Do you know what? I don't really give two hoots, but my daughter will go nuts for it. I still haven't seen the first one. Yeah, wow. they've just got to, let, let's hope they don't mess it up, really, because there's so many kids that love that movie. Because I think... You don't want an inferior sequel to No, and let's it. face it, there are very few Disney films that have had sequels that, well, haven't been straight to DVD, quite yeah. frankly. I yeah. didn't realise there was three Lion Kings, but there are. Yeah, yeah well, direct I guess, to DVD, though, that's where it yeah. all goes I guess you've got Lasseter in charge these days, yeah. who, who oversaw the, the Toy Story sequels, and you, it, needs to, it needs to go down that route. Where yeah. it's, but the thing that's good about Frozen is that, you know, whether you like it or not, is I, th- I think the story is pretty uh, yeah. interesting. It's it's really well paced, but the soundtrack. So it, you know, it's a mixture of all three things, um, and I think you know you need to invest heavily in the sound. Like Muppets is a good example. The first movie was so good. The second one, the soundtrack was nowhere near as good. Mm. I, I thought the casting was not very good. Mm. Uh, Ricky Gervais, and you know they they set up the Muppets for a brilliant return, and then they screwed up with the sequel. Yeah, oh, I hope that doesn't happen. Me too. But we don't really care that much. <laughs> well, you say that, it'll be my life as a nightmare. Yeah. I quite like Adina Menzel, so... Uh, interesting. What, what about whatever it is, do you like her? Adele Zim. She's got her again, actually. Um, interesting, though, it made, her, it made her super famous, Adina Menzel, because it right. became such a big news story that everyone was talking about her. <laughs> She's now got um, a song out with Michael Bublé as well. So, like, just from, for the boob, from being a Broadway star <laughs> to that. Uh, interestingly, our top ten films in the UK this week, number seven, Frozen. Really? Still? Right. So it's been re-released. Okay. Oh, I, so, right, I knew that, but I didn't realise it had actually been re-released, because I hadn't seen any marketing for it anywhere. Guess yeah. you don't have to market it. It got re-released last week. Uh, it's made 
half nearly half a million so far wow. uh, and I guess it'll stay in cinemas um, The Polar Express has been re-released again that's not a very good film but you know what mm. over the years that has made a hell of a lot of money by mm. being re-released every year and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the same with Frozen so the one that I haven't seen is Jim Carrey was in what did he do Christmas Carol remake right? yeah is yeah. that good I quite liked it's okay. it. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's just that there, there's better Christmas carols out there. Yeah, right. You know, there's Muppets. the Alistair Sim one, uh, the Muppet one. Muppets is, from Muppets. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, the thing is, Arthur Christmas, I think, is really good. Oh yeah, no, I like I that. to watch that one. Yeah, you not watch no, it? No, good. like Scarlet. Well, again, it's the film that I watched with Scarlet at Christmas last year, and we probably started watching it at December. All the way through, up until probably June, and then it was time to watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like, you know, her kind of like, pop on the DVD player. Yeah, I've yeah. got the DVD, so. Yeah. It is really good. Well, I'll tell you what you should take Scott to see is Paddington. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk, we spoke about it on last week's did podcast, you? Okay. The, the experience. Uh, well, <laughs> no. the film did come out, and I don't think that many children had to leave because it made over five million. Wow. Uh, it's the second biggest debut for a family film this year behind Lego. And um, it has delivered the biggest opening weekend for a live action family film since Alice in Wonderland in March 2010. Wow. Yeah. Because that film's a stinker. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. But it was a phenomenon here. It made a billion dollars worldwide, Alice in Wonderland. Really? Yeah. It's, wow. I always thought it, was it, a, it was It bombed huge. It was absolutely huge. So yeah, it's interesting. Apparently, I, I didn't know the background to it, but Warner's had spent years developing a Paddington movie and then decided not to press ahead with it. Mm. And so Studio Canal bought the rights off them. And it's the, it's the most expensive film that Studio Canal, Canal have produced. Wow. And it's their biggest opening. You can ever. kind of see that, though. Like the amount. Oh. So I've seen the first 40 minutes. Of yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you could tell, like, yeah. like, even during that time, it way surpassed my expectation. Yeah. It's. it's yeah, because I've, I've seen the whole thing. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> That's good, because you reviewed it. <laughs> a lot of care and attention have gone into it. You know, yeah. it, it looks beautiful. It's 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 lovely. It's well written. It's, it's you know, it's the producer of Harry Potter, and you can feel that yeah. that kind of care and attention yeah. has gone into it. There's a it. sense of, like, you know, magic to it, which is yeah. always nice. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, I, I expect, just like Frozen, that we'll see a sequel coming yeah. sooner rather than later. Should Colin Firth have stayed in it? No, no. I mean, they all agreed. He agreed. They agreed. It just—it would have been weird. This little, this little boy, <laughs> old man's having voice. an old man's voice. Yeah. Sleep well, sweet prince. Yeah, barely knew thee. Yeah. So yeah, uh, good news. Big cash for Paddington. Good. So uh, this year, it's the twentieth anniversary of PlayStation, Yay. which is kind of pretty crazy. So it's, how old were you when PlayStation came out? I would have been five. Oh my god! I was five when yeah. <laughs> PlayStation came out. I was working in the games industry. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, 16. There you go. Were you? So it puts us in three different yeah, places. Yeah. yeah, three different generations. How old are you? 36. <laughs> okay, so it's five up. years yeah. difference. Right, okay. So I was 21 when PlayStation came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, the whole thing of it is, is that PlayStation are celebrating it. They've released, or they're going to release, a special edition Which I want PlayStation so 4. So... If you haven't seen it, it's a PlayStation 4. It's in the original PlayStation Grey, mm. which I don't think looks very sexy anymore. Mm. The top is kind of shiny, though. Like, the bit at the top, it's so like that bit's kind of shiny. It looks quite nice. They've also released a theme today as well for it. Right. So I haven't seen that yet. So the theme is quite boring, but we'll come to that. But you get... So the PlayStation logo, the coloured PS logo is on the front. There's a little thing down the bottom saying that, you know, this costs you lots of money. It'll be worth more in a few years' yes, time. Yes, there's 12,300 made because it was originally released... So weird. Apparently because there was originally... Uh, it was released on the 3rd... Well, the 3rd of the 12th. Yeah. So... 
12,300. Right. Is the thing. But that's worldwide. They haven't announced how you can get it yet. Yeah. That's coming on Saturday at the PlayStation Experience. They're going to be like... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to announce how you can get, get hold of it. So, uh, and then the other thing, like the, the controller itself, where the touchpad is, you've got the little kind of X triangle square circle thing as the pattern on the top, which is, again, a nice touch. That's cool. But I don't particularly like it. I really like it. But Have I, you seen it, Chris? No. No. I'm I imagining I, it. I, it's one of those things where, because uh, I saw a shot of it alongside the original PlayStation, I was like... I prefer the original PlayStation because yeah. that is a design of its time yeah. and a color of its time. Whereas this, you've got a modern design, but with a horrible color. It'd be like having a, I don't know, an Xbox One in the same color as a, an Amiga. So that kind of off-white kind of cream <laughs> color. So. Yeah, I don't really get it. No. I think it's just kind of, you know, for nostalgia's sake. But the theme... Do you remember when PCs were all beige? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's weird, isn't We're it? We're going to pack our bell. Um, but there was... Um, a theme it's just a grey background and so that's not exciting but the big thing is it's the chime that start oh, yeah, chime yeah, yeah. it has that when you boot up the console so it's yeah. the I can't do it but it's the chime you know the Playstation startup chime I can't remember how it, <coughs> how it went because brown kind of thing Sega because <laughs> I do remember like when PS2 came out um, I went over to Namco Bandai's offices, or it was just Namco at the time, uh -huh. because they were working on whichever Ridge Racer game. And they got one of the first PS2s in the office. And we went over to see it, and all it did was switch on and play the... <laughs> kind of noise. And is it, that the PS3? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> and then the PS1, is the PS2 is just like... Ooh, and there's loads but of anyway, all, all we did was sit there and <laughs> turn it on and off for about 15 minutes and go... <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, it's our first experience. Like the, the blue light was nice. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Weird. I know. Well, that, that was my job. It still is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, obviously, yeah, big thing at the minute is talking about your favourite moments um, and memories from PlayStation. Now, I've got a lot, so I can go first. Okay. And you can talk about well, yours. Let me talk about mine. Now, first things first. You might remember this. You probably won't. Okay. But uh, when it first came out, their advertising campaign was called SAPS, Society Against PlayStation. I do, do remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it no, was kind of like a, uh, a kind of public health warning about, you know, how playing games is too addictive and PlayStation, mm. you shouldn't play it. And I've got the YouTube and I'm going to play it, uh, a segment of it briefly and I'll try and hold it near to the mic so you can hear some of it. Hello, citizens of Europe. As spokesperson for SAPS, the Society Against PlayStation, I'd like to talk to you about a menace threatening humanity. It's happening right here in our very homes and corrupting the lives of our loved ones. Yes, friends, I'm talking about this. It may look like a harmless bagel toaster, but inside is a deadly donut. How do you know PlayStation is not a normal game system? It carries these telltale signs. Scientists say its effects are mind-boggling. Users lose all sense of reality and enter another world. Here we have a normal... Anyway, so that's the kind of advert. So, mm. interesting, sorry. One thing that I saw on the advert, 299 for the console, yeah. which is, you know, pretty much standard for consoles these days. Obviously, Xbox was more expensive. Um, but 45 quid for a game. So game prices haven't really changed that much, considering that was 20 years ago. Like if you take into account inflation, mm. that's insane. I feel like, though, they soon came down to £30. But that's, yeah. yeah, it's the same. Like, you know, when Blu-rays <laughs> Blu first yeah. came out, they were like mega expensive, and now it's the same in, in any HMV sale. But So that was one of the kind of first things that I remembered. It, like Compared to... 
like <laughs> Nintendo and Sega, who were very straight and playing, you know, used to playing the kind of gamers game. This was like a new company doing something completely different. Yeah. And it was like lifestyle and edgy, and that kind of echoed across the games because obviously Wipeout was one of their big yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, God, so much coming back. Um, and then. Cause I can't remember oh, Orbital and all the kind of people that did the soundtrack for it Designers Republic did all the design it was just like this is cool shit yeah mm. so there was that and then also Black CDs I remember losing my shit at Black CDs <laughs> do you not like Black CDs? yeah 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 no. I, like, I like Black CDs <laughs> I miss Black CDs yeah I'm getting that I didn't believe you when you first said it, but now it's starting to. But some of the other things. So, like from the inside of the industry, because that's where I was. So, uh, Phil Harrison was heading up PlayStation in the UK at the time. He's now obviously um, doing uh, Xbox. But I went in to interview him, and he was talking about uh, obviously Nintendo had um, Mario. Um, Sega had Sonic and it was before uh, Sony had a mascot and he was talking about his brand new game coming up from Naughty Dog and it was going to blow our minds and it was Crash Bandicoot and I know people love Crash Bandicoot oh, I, I, that's top but, of my but list. to whisper his name in the same sentence as Mario I think is doing Mario a huge disservice <laughs> okay fair point um, yeah I think he's more a competitor to Sonic than he is to Mario yeah, yeah. a poor man's Mario the pair of them so Probably going to be quite a few Uh-oh. people listening to this podcast Uh-oh. who don't I, I, agree with me. Neither Luke nor I said that. Yeah, no. exactly. I no. defend Crash. And then the other thing he did, so it was just around the same time, I don't know, PlayStation, but out six months, is he showed me a working, the, the prototype of the PlayStation. And it basically looked like a um, uh, an inkjet printer. It was this huge thing. Like you imagine it to be kind of what it would look like, but it wasn't. It was I don't know, literally like a massive box with bits sticking out of it. And that's how the PlayStation was born. Wow. Wow. So you were there at the start. You were I there was. at the birth. Uh, well, I started on a issue two of PlayStation Plus. Right. Because I was working on a PC mag at the time. Uh, and then I never, I'm never really a PC person. So I moved from that to PlayStation. Yeah. But yeah, I was there for the birth of Lara Croft, quite literally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasant time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other cool stuff. Pentrick. Does anybody remember the Pentrick? If you were trying to play import games, when you lo- turn your PlayStation and mm-hmm. it comes up with a logo, whichever noise it is, because I yeah. can't remember, you pop open the thing, because basically that is it saying, right, you are loading a UK game. So you put UK game, mm. load it, quickly open it, stick a pen in so it's holding down the bit at the back that thinks the disc lid is down, and then you put your import copy in. Wow. That's how, that's how I don't you... think I knew that. Really? Oh. That's, that's, look at this. And then every, like everything, having to hold it on its side because it was overheated all the time, and oh man, yeah, all these old tricks. There you go. Who needs to get it chipped? But right? then games, Metal Gear, Metal Gear would be nothing without PlayStation, mm-hmm. for me anyway. Mm. <coughs> yep. Uh, and then Pro Evo, like we used to play. I was working on CVG. Uh, and uh, it was poor. It was called Pro Evolution Soccer, winning eleven something or other. Mm. But because it had no licensees, there was a massive underground kind of movement where people would create all the official kits. So it was at the time when Arsenal was sponsored by O2, and they basically gone through and created all the right characters, all the right kits, and all you had to do is download um, the thing onto the old PlayStation memory <coughs> cards, and you had a fully official kind of Pro Evo, oh, that's which at the cool. time was better than FIFA. So. They don't make them like they used no. to. Do you have any PlayStation memories? I think I think football games. Mm. Yeah. The, the football games just all through those early years. Certainly when I was at school, when I was at uni. You always talk about Emily Hughes. 
<laughs> no, I'm talking about PlayStation. Okay. Emlyn Hughes was way before that. I, well, primary school when I was Emlyn Hughesing, I think. Right. Uh, but yeah, I just I just remember spending hours and hours at uni with my friends playing PlayStation football. Yeah. <laughs> playing a football game on PlayStation. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was the first time that was happening, though, because obviously it was the console that kind of moved into the living room from yeah. the bedroom. Yeah. And so I was there, you know, two years after it came out when sort of everyone was getting it was my first year at uni. So everyone had one in their room at uni, whereas I don't think before then people brought consoles with them to uni as much because yeah, yeah. also you could, you know, watch DVDs and listen to CDs exactly. or whatever. So that's a real memory is just having all my mates. You can watch DVDs. That's you can watch, sorry, that's PlayStation 2. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, but I remember, though, like it was amazing that I could put a CD in there and then I could play the CD through my telly <laughs> yeah. and it would have those weird uh, pictures on screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That seemed yeah. like Trippy. way in the future. Yeah. It's funny. It was how... 20 years ago. Though, so. <laughs> but just, yeah, that seems so sort of dated now. But yeah, but it is interesting because obviously at the time, like when like mainstream whatever would call refer to video gaming, it'd be like, I'm going to go and play my Nintendo, yeah. even if it wasn't Nintendo. And it very quickly became PlayStation. It's yeah. like, even if they were playing Nintendo games, it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go and play on PlayStation. Yeah. It was just like, actually, I'm just going to play a video game. <laughs> and the music was a big thing for me. I think you could sometimes yeah. play your own, you could play your own CD as the soundtrack of a game. Yeah. You could kind of put the CD in first and put the game in after mm. or whatever. And that was just something really novel. I could yeah. listen to an Oasis album while I was playing a football game yeah but it's true. And, like and the experimented the soundtrack so much with you know games like Parappa the Rapper and yeah. Rib Rib and all these kind of like far out there games like Beat Generation games all that yeah. kind of stuff was you know PlayStation was you know completely different proposition from you know what was around at the time so yeah. what about yours oh, your, my youthful memory you can't actually remember anything. no You're just I can't like, you were five Luke. suckling from your mama's teeth well I had a um, Mega Drive Originally, that's for the Mega Drive memories <laughs> episode of the podcast, which is never coming, unfortunately. But no, I um, and I played Tekken. Tekken was the first game yep. I played, and um, at my cousin's house, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And they told me, "Oh, there was a new Tekken coming out, uh, Tekken 2. And so I decided, "This is, you know, I need this." I was probably a bit older than maybe I was about six or seven. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that was my first game, uh, Tekken Two. I used to spend hours playing that with my dad. I also got worms. Yeah. Spent hours. You got worms. <laughs> I had worms. <laughs> took me to the doctors. Got me a pill. It was fine. That's um, a dumb and dumber joke. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I got worms. <laughs> so. So we did that. So Worms, so Worms and Tekken Two were kind of my first Not a good big combination. Game. I yeah. know, um, but like it's just it's just amazing. So Crash, I'm going to come to the defense of Crash. I thought Crash was amazing back in the day. Well, it was yeah, fun, maybe, it was fun but, to play. but again, I you know somebody telling me with all seriousness that you know PlayStation's going to have somebody to rival Mario's up. See, they I are th big I words. I think for me, it had come from the fact that I'd come from the Mega Drive, which was obviously you know 2D Sonic and all of that, yeah. and the Game Boy, which was 2D uh, Mario, and suddenly there were these 3D worlds and it was a 3D... Blew your tiny mind. It literally did because, yeah. you know, I was still coping with the real 3D world. Um, at that still day. And I still am. I'm still not quite there. Um, so this all happened when you were five? No. This, this is amazing. Is, this, this is all kind of... This is PS... Uh, a game PS1. prodigy. Yeah. And then um, Spyro. I loved Spyro as well. God, you had some terrible tasting games. Oh, no, then, I still, you? I still oh, love God. it when I interviewed Ted Price. There's me talking about Metal Gear, like classics <laughs> no, no, of our time. These, these are the ones. Um, uh, Ted Price, when I interviewed Ted Price of Insomniac the yeah. other day about uh, Sunset Overdrive, at the end I was just like, look, please, 
stop what you're doing. You're wasting your life. Get back and make another Spyro. He said, think about it. Um, and then, <laughs> Just like, get this loser out of here. <laughs> but I do remember also buying my first memory card and being yeah. bewitched that I could suddenly save my progress. Yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I remember I had probably about I don't know, 15 of those yeah, memory cards. Yeah, you can never cards. remember what's on which yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a... And the light, you had to try and write it on in like the tiny little yeah. slot at the bottom. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is boring. Um, and then the only other one that I remember, I remember going to Scotland to visit some family friends and um, they were playing Final Fantasy IX at the time. And that was... My first encounter with the Final Fantasy really? series, yeah. So, so not Final Fantasy Seven. No. So I started oh. with nine. I went back and played nine, and I tried seven, and seven just doesn't click with me. After playing nine, it's very, very difficult. It was very difficult for me to go back. Did so. you play nine? I finished nine. I thought so. <laughs> Did I tell you I played nine. So the other thing that I loved about it is it, it was the closest, I guess, to having an arcade machine in yeah. Europe because you had uh, obviously Ridge Racer, Tekken, as you say, yeah. but like even like Time Crisis, which yeah. you know you had the little kind of Dayglo um, gun con, which was amazing. And but no Duck Hunt. No Duck Hunt. No Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. <laughs> I do remember being annoyed that certain games that were kind of ported over from c- computer games yeah. weren't as good when they made when they moved to PlayStation. Like games what? that I loved, like uh, Speedball Two, right, or Lemmings. There were right. just some games that I, I really loved, and they just didn't make. It's yeah, true. No, Lemmings like, is like, a good one. Um, like Doom. Mm. I remember playing Doom, but also the, I played Doom on like two PlayStations hooked up. Me and my mate had it in our front room. And like old little tellies, fourteen-inch Sony tellies, and yeah. that, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it doesn't didn't feel quite the same. Command and Conquer as well was when I did Command and Conquer Red Alert. When that port, Resident Evil. Uh, Jesus, but Jesus Christ, Resident that was Evil. a port that was a ball eight to control. Yeah, a strategy game on a PlayStation. Yeah, because uh, I was working, as I say, on a PlayStation mag, and we worked uh, alongside another magazine called Maximum, uh-huh. which was like for the hardest of hardcore gamers, and they got like the trial version of Resident Evil before it came out and it was pretty much the whole game if I remember rightly up to where you see the giant snake Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing that and I was like this game is going to change the world and it did didn't change the world it was just quite good (laughs) but yeah so I'm sure we'll have some readers with memories yeah well, hopefully. Do you mean PlayStation memories? Yeah. Or just, yeah. yeah, you should definitely let us know your PlayStation memories. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. And we will talk about them on next week's show. Indeed. We got the superhero show a new email address. Did you? Why can't we get the podcast? We will. We? We're working on it. We're superhero show at IGN.com. So, yeah, we were talking about getting Duck Hunt at IGN.com. Yeah, that would be good. would make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Let's go to the feedback. Cool. So I have the first piece from... Arjun Tahim. Um, so first of all, it's his birthday on Saturday. So happy like, um, birthday! There you go. He's been listening since episode ten. Wow! So there you go. Commitments longer Good than work. Most of us have been listening. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he says, "Is it bad that he's not excited for Star Wars or Jurassic Park? Um, he sees both as fairly decent films, but he's just not fanatical about them." I, I think know. it's fair. I think each to their own. Um, it's been a long time mm. for both franchises, so. I don't know. And the previous instalments have left bad tastes in our mouths. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you guys were saying, I guess last week you were talking about Avatar and whether you still cared. I think uh, there's more of a nostalgia thing because so much of our generation's grown up on those films. So, you know, I I was surprised by the comments on the Avatar. Like, I think one out of all of them was like, I'm quite excited by it, but everybody was like, I couldn't care. Really? Yeah. Interesting, because. Like they were people, very popular on the site. You know, we were we were working here when, yeah, when the movie we, came out, and it was beloved by the readers. We spoke about Avatar for, on every podcast for about a yeah, year for about almost. A year. I oh, still, God. I don't know, because it was weird. I still quite like Avatar, and 
everyone's like all of a sudden decided it's bad. Mm. It's not that it's bad, it's just James but Cameron I've got no desire to go back there at all. Mm. No, I remember at the time, and I just said this last week, the, the 3D was spectacular. Mm. Um, like we went to go and see that preview stuff at the IMAX. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this looks genuinely interesting. But unfortunately, the film doesn't hold up. Mm. Like I watched it in 2D when I was sick. And it, oh, man, never again. <laughs> never <laughs> Did again. Did not make things better. <laughs> no. But I think it's good to keep your expectations in check a little bit. Yeah, we do. Agree. We all get carried away, don't we? And I, I, I'm trying to do that with Star Wars. I'm, I'm finding it easier with Jurassic Park. Mm. But with Star Wars, I'm really trying not to get over... Excited. Plus, there's a year to go, but it's yes. like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, can these can these films ever live up to those high yeah. expectations that we we create? I mean, it's and we're partly to blame at IGN because we we, we help hype, hype. Things, yeah. yeah, and we love talking about this stuff, but yeah, they've got they've got a challenge on there. Should hand. we just not talk about Star Wars for the next year? I'm okay. really easily pleased, so I'll just watch it and like it anyway. Your two favorite games of all time are Crash and Spyro. Pretty so. much bewitched by bright colors, if we're honest. <laughs> So, uh, who did the the uh, printouts this week for the mm, feedback? Luke. So, really, Luke. Remember, we need to we need to highlight the names as well. Okay, that's that's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big thing. Just, it's never going to be right. Is that it? is true. So, actually, while you're talking about that, so somebody did like read away because okay. we read out somebody's feedback last week and we didn't mention their name. Uh, okay, so that wasn't you my fault because I wasn't there. No, Fair enough. Uh, so this is from Gaz Roberts, who says, uh, after listening to last week's podcast, I was happy to find out I wasn't alone in not liking the Bourne films. Mm. My question is, what films do you guys not like that are well regarded in other people's eyes? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Godfather trilogy, he says. I've not seen it. Um, so who, didn't, who doesn't like Bourne? Uh, last week. someone who's not here. Rory or Gav? I don't remember anybody saying that they didn't like Bourne. Did someone write in and say that? Maybe. Because I, I love the Bourne first good, three films it's anyway, a good solid I trilogy I haven't seen the most uh, recent one. yeah wow The Godfather though I'm putting together my top 10 movies and I'm putting Godfather in, in there um, I mean the third one is is, is it is a bit of a disaster but the first two are, mm. I think are masterpieces but that's the point of you know the fact that we can all like different things yeah. uh, for me um, for me it's a lot of the films like in the top 20 films of all time like the big box office hits of the last sign of 10 20 years I felt yeah. a bit of a disconnect in that I've mm. not really enjoyed them so Alice in Wonderland, as we said, yeah. uh, Avatar I didn't really love. I came out a bit indifferent. Uh, Transformers. So these, I, I these would are be surprised if any yeah. of those made like critical top yeah. ten lists there. So what one I have seen uh, recently that isn't out till next year, but it's by Paul Thomas Anderson, who's one of my favourite filmmakers. You know, he did Boogie Nights, Magnolia, The Master, yeah. There Will Be Blood, um, all of which I've loved. His new film Inherent Vice, everyone's saying a masterpiece in the states. I was really bored and I didn't oh, really, really like it and I was <clears throat> See, very I disappointed. That, I thought that about There Will Be Blood to be honest. Yeah. I didn't kind of click with that. Yeah. yeah he's a tricky He's a tricky filmmaker actually. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How about you guys? Um, what was the other one? So I was looking through Chris Carl's top 10 movies yep. of all time yep. and he's got the Royal Tenenbaums at number one and mm. I really did not like that film. <laughs> um, so for someone to put it, well, you know, top 10, fair enough. But number one, I was like, that is some brassy yeah, balls. I know. He was he was really umming and ahhing. When he was over here, we talked about it quite a lot. Right. <laughs> he didn't he didn't know whether to do it, but he's I like, I like the fact he's gone for it. He's put his balls exactly. on the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I admire the fact that it's a kind of a bit of an out there choice. Yeah. Um, but you know, I watched it once. I will never ever watch it again. Mm. So you know, for me, it's about movies that stand up to repeat viewing. Yeah. 
for that, so this might be a bit controversial, but same, repeat viewing. The Indiana Jones films for oh, me. Oh, what <laughs> no, idiot. No, you know, I've watched them. We just, I've just been saying how everyone can have their own opinion. I know, but there are like, some yeah. things that are sacred, right? No, like, they're fine. And I would say of a lot of trilogies, they are the ones that stand up to repeat no, viewing more than any. I think they're fine, but I've, I've seen oh. them. I have no real desire to watch them again. You've really upset Alex. <laughs> Apparently I, I so. I can't quite believe it. <laughs> Is your favourite one the fourth one? No, no, I haven't gone that far. You'd get a left hook there. Yeah, I was going to say, there was a moment where I judged if it was worth it. No, um, I have Come off it. I I honestly don't know how to follow that up. (laughs) Let's move on to the next piece of feedback quickly. (laughs) Right, Charlesy writes in, says, Hey, up, pod lads. Uh, I have to comment on the chatterbollocks uttered about the JW trailer that's Jurassic World. Uh, It looks a lot like... uh, Sorry, it looks like it has a lot of CGI, but they've got time to fix it. It's not out for another six months. Quote... Yeah, because building huge sets and eliminating CGI is what you did in the last six months of making a movie. So, actually, That's to put not- it into context, is we were talking, we were saying uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, or Dawn of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, or whatever that film was called. <laughs> Um, and the early trailer and teaser for that Caesar looked pretty ropey but in the mm. final film he looked fantastic so. exactly that's it. and I, I knew that without even listening to your conversation I knew that's what you'd have been talking about you'll find this with so many trailers that get released yeah. is that the CGI isn't finished so we're not you guys weren't talking about them building sets and, 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 and filming it that way yeah. it's just that you're seeing early versions of it and that they will keep rendering and rendering it yeah. until it's and that's exactly what they do in the last six, six months of making a film we, right? we weren't yeah. talking about going back and creating, you know, huge sets yep. that would replace CGI. That's not what we were talking about. No. We were talking about the water dinosaur specifically. I don't know what I, it's called. I quite agree. I, I mean, I didn't hear your conversation, but I felt exactly yeah. the same thing when I watched that trailer was I was I was sitting there thinking, I hope that isn't finished. I yeah. hope that isn't complete because that's not good enough. Yeah. And I, I, just, I think it will look miles better when it comes out. And you'll see my review, actually, of The Hobbit. I did have some problem with some of the CG in, um, in The Hobbit. Right. Some of it looked pretty ropey to me. Well, really? Wolverine Origins, wasn't it, that was really ropey? R- Wolverine was bad. But Billy Connolly's character, although he's a dwarf, he looks to, he looks to be like fully CG, CGI'd and it looks fake. Right. Mm. Anyway. Sad times. Next piece. Um, so Rob Porter opens with the strong joke. How do you get a Pikachu on a bus? Pokemon. Pokemon. There you go. We've told that on this podcast I know, before. I know. So he basically says, um, Pokemon was discussed on the last podcast and um, Rory said that he likes the fact that the franchise seems to be more story driven now. Um, he says, though, he he isn't so sure about the fact that games are going this way. Do we like modern games with heavy narrative and overuse of cutscenes? He's worried they're going to turn into o- dumbed-down, overly scripted, interactive movies with button prompts. Yeah, so there's, I think there's two things there. Yes, yes I do prefer narrative-driven games. So Absolutely. The last of but that doesn't example. mean that you sacrifice interaction with that if it's done correctly. I did like so, The Last of Us is a great marrying of the two, I think. Yeah. Um, I know what he means, but, I mean, again, you've got... Um, Heavy Rain, what was the latest one? Beyond Two Souls. Uh, yeah, I never played it. Yeah, no, I mean, that was pretty poor, but that was mm. because the game... And but the again, that, that's poor. taken it to an extreme, yeah. I would say. Like you say, I think you've got to lead with gameplay, but it's got to be underpinned with narrative and a, a decent story. And I think we I'm have all seen, about the story. We have seen um, quick-time events certainly less prominent than they used to be. I don't know, there's a heck of a lot in like Call of Duty and stuff like that. I think so, yeah, but old habits on certain... Mm. And I, <clears throat> I'd be interested to see what they do with Uncharted because yeah. obviously that's a franchise that um, puts you in the seat of the action for a lot of it. But the number of times that you kind of you know you're falling down, you have to grab a ladder by pressing X. It's like I'm done with that. I'm going to see something made kind of different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, exactly. Mm. 
I've got an email from uh, James Green who says, Just finished playing Just Cause 2 and never in my entire life have I played a game with such poor dialogue. Um, can you okay. discuss uh, Just Cause 2? Wow. He's only just got around to that. Can you discuss the best worst dialogue and speech in video games? In my opinion, games like Assassin's Creed and Dead Space have brilliant scripting. I mean, I was trying to think about this. So there was that video that we watched, there's, you know, that where they count yeah, yeah. down some of the really bad ones. Yeah. Well, mm. like, obviously Resident Evil has hilariously bad. In fact, a lot of kind of stuff that's penned in Japan that gets translated Dynasty Warriors tends has to be some pretty awful. Awesome. Yeah. Corkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's Final Fantasy like? Final Fantasy is better than most because they spend a lot of time localising just instead right. of straight translating. Um, having said that, there are some howlers. It's, it's like when... The older games didn't have voice acting, so they didn't yeah. have it until 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 10 onwards, you see it gets a bit better, but sometimes it just gets so convoluted, mm. you know, you're just like, oh, shut up, you know, yeah. stop talking like this, talk like a normal person. But it's like, even like Gotham, which you'll probably mm. go on to watch, yeah. some of the dialogue in that is Yeah, I mean, I saw the pilot awful. and wasn't impressed with it. God, mm. like, it, it just astounds me how something like a, a big budget TV show like that yeah. can get made with that level of script writing. Yeah. It's like, God, come on, invest in that or invest in anything. So, yeah, is that, I guess that kind of answers his question. All your base are belong to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's that from? I can't remember. Yeah. That's what I always think of. But yeah. it's, it's fun. It's like how something's like, you know, the whole pwn thing, PWN. Yeah. That started as a typo in a World of Warcraft quest dialogue. Right. Yeah. And so that then became a thing. Like, like, Mimi. I still no. don't really understand it. <laughs> uh, it's meant to be like you own them. Alex, have you got. Uh, so, more? sorry briefly. Yeah. Uh, so, the guy who wrote in last week, we didn't read his name out. It was Rory. Uh, Rory's fault. He's not here. So, you know, Rory. Andy Monaghan. So, thank you for writing in, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Uh, so, Ryan Dinsdale says last week Gav mentioned that if his progress had been wiped in Little Big Planet 3, he'd have stopped playing it. Also heard that Vince in the US had lost 40 hours of progress in Dragon Age when reviewing it. How do you deal with these kinds of glitches and bugs as reviewers? Well, the fact of the matter is you don't have any choice. Yeah. Is you've got to overcome all of that kind of stuff and get to the end of the game before you can review it. And it's the same to an extent with God of War. Like you were all sat next to me when I was reviewing <laughs> God of War last year and that goddamn level that I was trying to get through. I honestly thought I was going to lose my shit over that and you were like desperately kind of emailing PR for like is there any tips and stuff well, no it, was, it wasn't even that it was, it was more it was It was like because I'm pretty good at God of War yeah, yeah you, it was more was a like, case is this of level like, right? is this right is yeah, it supposed yeah. to be like That's this what, and I, again I've spoken about it. they stitched me up by putting me on a phone call with the guy who designed the level <laughs> he's basically always crying on the phone uh, god um, brilliant but and then they patched it and changed it yeah. so you know and that, that made me look like an idiot because it was like the review went out and said this level is ridiculous yeah and then everybody got it and said what are you on about it's yeah like, that's well, not they fair they patched it that's we had the infamous fair. saga of GTA Online when Keza was reviewing that as well which, yeah. when she lost character after character after character and then it reappeared and then it vanished yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it is a weird one especially like with so many games these days not really as kind of games that uh, come out uh, as finished products day one, but mm. as services, as like you look at Destiny, that's going to evolve and evolve and evolve. But as critics, you can only review what's presented yeah. to you in front of you at that time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, things will change, and we'll cover that and review that as it as it goes on. But you know, we're we're in the same boat as most people. You just got to get on with it. Yeah. Mm. Is that it? Uh, no, just last piece. Piece. So it's literally just a shout out to a duck hunter. So this is Jamie from the uh, Duck Hunt group on Facebook. Um, and he just says, quick, just a quick one, could you give a shout out to a good duck hunter who's having a pretty tough time at the moment? Um, so yes, happy Christmas, slightly early, and duck hunter Chris Goodwin, Zoe, and little Izzy. 
So we just thought we'd say that. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. I hope. Uh, I don't know what the problem is, but I hope it's all good. Yeah, all, I hope it all, all works good. out. Cool. Um, right, let's quickly look at the uh, games and movies out this week. So games, the Game of Thrones movie from Telltale is out this week, which, you know, we only saw a trailer for that kind of a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, and by all accounts, it's really, really good. It kind of oh. sits uh, in parallel to the TV show. You've got all the kind of main cast members voicing their characters. Mm. It tells the story of the Foresters. Yeah. yeah, and apparently uh, dialogue's really, really good. It sets it up the whole season to be you know you know pretty special so you know it's a telltale game yeah so um you know interactivity is pretty limited but the thing that's good about it is that a lot of the story has you know significant consequence so you know main characters will get killed all this kind of stuff that cool. you expect from yeah Game of Thrones. cool so that's out uh, the crew is also out this week. I'd love to tell you what our IGN review score is, but we only got copies on Monday. Mm, and the servers only went live on Monday. Um, I played the beta and I wasn't particularly kind of blown away. Um, yeah. I don't know. I wanted it to be good. But, you know, we'll probably talk about that next week when we finally get the review up. And then finally, Kingdom Hearts. Love it. I like Kingdom Hearts. So that's pretty much it. It's an action RPG that brings together... Um, so this is 2.5 HD Remix. Yeah, so... Catchy. Bring, exactly. It, it brings together um, the second batch of three games in the series. It's, um, yeah, no, it, it's it's a good um, action RPG. It brings together Disney and Final Fantasy characters. Mm. Um, I played... Try, uh, I tried to play one of them. I can't remember which one it was. And I was just... I don't know. There's something about a big key and Mickey Mouse, and I was like, I don't know what's going no, that's on. That's pretty here. much. That's pretty much the size of it. it I actually have an... Int- I did an interview with the developers, and they were like... Yeah, no, we don't really know what's going on either, so... Good. Yeah, It's good. It's, that's, I'm going to write up a feature on it later this week, so... There you go. Watch this space. Films. No, there's quite a few out this week. Nothing nothing particularly major. You've got um, St. Vincent, which is a new Bill Murray movie. And mm. as he's my favourite actor, I should be very excited, but we haven't given it a very good review. We only gave it right. a 5.8. I've seen a lot of good reviews floating around, though, so... Right. But I haven't had the chance to check it out. It's kind of like a comedy drama. They think he might be an outside bet for an Oscar. I think Gav's seen it, hasn't he? He might have done. Yeah, I think... I and thought Gav saw it and I didn't think he liked it. No. And he's a big Bill Murray fan. Penguins of Madagascar, based on the animated series, which I've never heard of. Uh, we gave it a 7 out of 10. You've never heard of Madagascar? You know Madagascar. No, it's, it's Penguins of Madagascar, which is... Isn't no, that no. a spin-off of a Nick, Nickelodeon no, it's, show? It's no, the it's the Penguins that are penguins. in Madagascar. Ah, it's the kind of ninja penguins okay. from, yeah. from Madagascar. I didn't slappy, understand our review then. <laughs> that's right. Slappy okay. all the time. Um, yeah. Whatever. Well, I've never, I haven't seen a Madagascar movie, though. No, they're, they're not very good. We gave it a seven. Yeah. Uh, the Grandmaster is out, which is um, uh, kind of a kung fu biopic about the famous kung fu guy who taught Bruce Lee. It's done by uh, Wong Kar Wai, who's one of the great kind of art house directors. And I've se- I saw it on a plane a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a new movie. Hmm. Uh, it's only just coming out here. It's, it's quite slow. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan, but we've given it an eight out of ten, so... If that floats your boat, uh, Get Santa is out, which they've not let me see. Mm. Oh. It's a Christmas movie with Jim Broadbent and Rafe Spall. So that was being screened before the screening of Paddington. I went right. to in the same place. Yeah, I got invited to one screen which I couldn't make and then they, they never yeah. set me up with another one. Uh, so I'm not going to review it. No. It looks all right. I like Rafe Spall. I like the director. The director actually normally does horror films. Right. Oh, cool. we, we've had him in the office a couple of times, Chris Smith. There's but, another um, nativity film out this Christmas. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> oh that's out now and it's making. St- it's made about four million. What? Yeah. People Christmas. go see that. It's like I Panto. Know, it's but like... Like, it doesn't mean that you should drop all kind of like standards and go and watch anything. Uh, anyway. Black Sea is out, which is uh, Jude Law uh, on a submarine searching for Nazi gold and doing a bad Scottish Speaking accent. Speaking of Christmas, Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite a weird time for them to release it, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Well, I, I've seen it. I've not reviewed it. We're giving it a 7 out of 10. 
Uh, his Scottish accent is not ideal. No. <laughs> He's well, not Scottish. So, so if you were going to go see one film, it would be Paddington. Ah, oh. well, that was that last week, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, these ones, <laughs> okay, I don't know. Right. Whatever. Uh, Black Seal Grandmaster or wait till The Hobbit comes out next week. Uh, yeah. If it's a game, Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Get yourself excited for next year's season. Awesome. Right, I think that's it for this week's Job podcast. Done. Uh, we're off to go and get battered because it's the uh, IGN Christmas party this <laughs> Except I'm not because I've got to interview Michael Keaton in the morning. Yay! Oh, that's fun though. Yeah, it is. I'll have a couple of beers. Best yeah. Batman ever. So yeah, you can get in touch IGN underscore UK feedback IGN.com or through the Twitter and Facebooks and uh, we will be back same time next week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Com. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.